You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Taylor to the right of Love, two receivers each way. Shotgun snap, three-step drop, eyeing the middle, pressure up the middle. Love, out of the pocket, throws downfield for the end zone, intercepted! Amik Robertson in the back corner, picks it off in front of Watson, and the Raiders defense just seals the victory here in Vegas. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, here's your boy Q. Q. Mama, there goes that man. Amik Robinson with the interception right there that sealed the deal on the Raiders' victory, 17-13 over the Green Bay Packers. Monday night football, prime time action. And the Raiders improved to 2-3 and three overall on the season and now turn their attention to the New England Patriots. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. My man Ari in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. We like to call it Studio Q. And, of course, it's being brought to you today by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. I'll tell you a lot more about them later on in the show. But it's all about the silver and black as they come up with a victory, a much-needed victory. They stopped the bleeding. They had a three-game losing streak. And on the strength of their defense, let me say that again for the folks in the back row, the strength of their defense we're able to come up with a victory, again, a much-needed victory on Monday Night Football at Allegiant Stadium over the Green Bay Packers and uh, uh, their fan base that was very fired up and excited to be there and left very disappointed when the Raiders came away with the victory. So got a lot to get to, as you can imagine, on today's show. Got some really good guests I'm excited to talk about or talk with, and then also going to take you inside the Raiders' locker room. We went down immediately after the game and uh, had to make a decision. Are you going to go sit in on head coach Josh Daniels in his uh, media session, or are you going to go and make a beeline to the Raiders' locker room? So I chose to make a beeline to the Raiders' locker room. Myself, Lindsey Brown, Clay Baker, Vinny Bonsignor, we all decided to you know, kind of tag-team the, the locker room and got a lot of really good sound out of there. We talked to the guy that you heard making that interception there, uh, the game winner, Amik Robertson. Talk to Andre James, talk to Bilal Nichols, talk to Tyree Wilson, Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, Josh Jacobs, Marcus Peters, Max Crosby, Trayvon Merrick, Robert Spillane, and uh, and more. <laughs> so there's a lot of players that we had an opportunity to catch up with in the Raiders locker room, so we'll definitely do that throughout the course of the show. And, of course, we'll hear from you as well at 702-365-9200 in the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword R&R. If you ever want to tweet in onto the show, you can do that as well at R&R 920 AM at RE Produces at your boy Q254. Uh, you can always hit us up that way as well if that's easier for you. Whatever way you want to communicate with the show, we're always open and, uh, and welcoming that communication in. And I'd uh, love to get your feedback here on the show. As far as the guests that we have coming up, normally this guest comes up on Mondays, but since it was Monday Night Football, we decided to push him back an extra day. That's Ed Graney from our sister station ESPN Las Vegas and the Las Vegas Review Journal does great work there. He'll uh, join us at 2.30 to talk about all things that he saw from the Silver and Black at Allegiant Stadium on, uh, on Monday night. And uh, he's a guy that I got a couple of minutes to talk with in the Raiders locker room as well as we were waiting to talk to a couple of the players like Max Crosby while we were waiting for him to get ready. And then we had an opportunity to catch up with him. Uh, me and Ed exchanged some thoughts on the game. So Ed will join us at 2.30 like he does normally on Mondays at 2.30, but he'll do it today at 2.30 to talk all things silver and black. Coming up at 3 o'clock, our normal Tuesday guest, John McClain, Sports Radio 610. We'll take a look around the NFL, everything that's going on. Now that five weeks are in the book, we'll talk about the best team in the league. We'll talk about the biggest surprise in the league. And 
maybe it's just me, but there is a ton of injuries, like big-time injuries going on in the league right now. If you look at Minnesota, you see Justin Jefferson. He's been put on IR. James Conner uh, with the Cardinals, he's been put on IR. Uh, the running back there in uh, in Miami, uh, that rookie, he's uh, – uh, A-Chain, he's been put on IR. He's going to miss some multiple weeks. Anthony Richardson's banged up. It just seems like right now we know Joe Burrow's banged up even though he's playing. Seems like there's more injuries right now, and maybe it's just me, right? But we'll talk to John McClain about the big-time injuries and how they can impact teams moving forward. We'll do that coming up at 3 o'clock. At 3.30, Lincoln Kennedy will join us, uh, and, of course, he's on the radio broadcast. He was on the call with Jason Horowitz. I'm sure he's got plenty of things to say about what the Raiders were able to do in picking up the victory on Monday night at Allegiant Stadium. And, look, it wasn't pretty. Max Crosby told us in the locker room it wasn't pretty, but all he cares about is getting a dub, and they did. They found a way to get a dub. Another game that they didn't score 20 points, I think that that's becoming problematic. I think that they need to find a way to start scoring some more points than what they are. Even when they create turnovers, they didn't score points often. And I hate, I hate that because I've been talking about creating turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. So they finally do. They do it in bunches. They, they create three. Of course, Amik's uh, interception was the game sealer, so didn't expect them to score points off of that. But they had two other interceptions, and they were only able to come away with three points. And that's, that's a – that's, that's kind of disheartening, right? I mean, you're excited because you create the turnover, and obviously you stop the other team from scoring, but then you're, you don't take advantage of it. And on the first Robert Spillane interception, I mean, he took that thing inside the 10, and they settled on a field goal. And, you know, we even talked to – I asked Coach McDaniels about that earlier today, so uh, we'll hear from him with what he has to say about that. But that's something that they've got to do better. As a matter of fact, they had a couple plays calls and a couple shots in the end zone that they didn't take. He said that, uh, you know, they got off the, the – the, the play call a little earlier than expected. And so that was, that was something that he said that was on me for us not scoring, you know, right, right the, uh, before halftime with that Robert Spillane interception. That was a big opportunity missed. But uh, kudos to the defense for coming up with the turnover, something that they've been talking about uh, all offseason, all training camp, all preseason. Create turnovers, create turnovers, create turnovers. Well, all of a sudden now they're sitting there at four total interceptions on the season after picking up three on Monday Night Football. So hopefully that continues to trend in the right direction, they're able to do that. But we'll talk all things. We'll break this game down. Uh, we have Lincoln Kennedy at 3.30. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we talk to Lincoln. On Tuesdays, we recap the game that just passed by. On Thursdays, we preview the next coming game. So, of course, when we talk to him on Thursday, we'll be talking all things New England Patriots and what the Raiders need to do to come up with a victory over a team that is not very good. Let's be honest about the situation. They're not. They just got blanked 34 nothing by the Saints. And if the Raiders' defense could step up and play just as well, if not better than they played on Monday Night Football, then I would say, why wouldn't the Raiders win this game? But, again, it's only Tuesday. We're talking about the Raiders' victory right now over the Packers. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself and don't want to you know, assume that all, all uh, situations are, are cured now and fixed now that, uh, you know, now that they picked up a W. So, uh, you know, we'll, like I said, we'll kind of slow roll into the Patriots. But today it's all about the Raiders and, uh, and, and the Packers and just reacting to what we saw. So Lincoln Kennedy will join us at 3.30. 4.30, Tom Flores, high school football coach of the week award recipient. We talk to him each and every Tuesday. Coach Ernie Howard from uh, Bishop Mango uh, up in Reno. Uh, he picked up his 200th career victory. There is only three coaches in the state of Nevada. Hear me carefully when I say this. Three coaches in the state of Nevada that now have 200 career wins under their belt. 
that's I mean that's that's some that's some good company that he's going to be keeping and uh, they picked up a big victory 45-0 over his former team Reed. Uh, matter of fact, the Reed Raiders uh, up in the uh, in the Reno area. He picked up uh, that victory on last Thursday. So uh, we'll talk to him as he's the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award recipient. They're undefeated in league play right now there at Bishop Mango and so uh, or Minogue, excuse me. And um, yeah, they they uh, they look like they're cooking with grease right now. So uh, they're doing what they want to do, but. We'll talk to Coach at 4.30 and just talk about him being the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award recipient, talk about the team, what they got coming up, and uh, all that good stuff. Matter of fact, they have a game coming up on Friday versus Reno. So that's the guest lineup that we have on the show today. Of course, we'll hear from you throughout the course of the show as well. My man Ari is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio feverishly answering the phones as they ring at 702-365-9200. And, of course, the don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword R&R. Already starting to get texts coming through as well. We haven't even jumped into the opening drive, so let's go ahead and do that. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. All right, so here we go on the opening drive, and I think the theme of the show needs to be defense, defense, and I don't know, more defense, because that's what the strength of the Raiders' victory was on Monday, was a defense, a defense, a defense. They built off the defense that they had last week against the Chargers when they shut them out in the second half, and, you know, we've had guests on the show, including Adam Hill, that was like, yeah, but I don't think that there was really a whole lot of strategy by the Chargers, and there was plenty of Raider Nation that pushed back and said, no, I think I think we saw something. I think that Raiders' defense started to turn a corner. Well, there's no doubt about it. They started to turn a corner with what they were able to do on Monday night against the Packers. That defense was phenomenal. Uh, really, I could give a game ball to all of them. I'm not going to. I'm going to hand out my game balls, and this is one of the topics that I want to bring to the table. Uh, who are you handing out a game ball to? And I'm only going to ask for one. Now, I'm going to get greedy, and I guess I could do that because I'm the host of the show. I'm going to get greedy, and I'm going to roll three, three game balls out there, but I only want to hear from one game ball in particular from you. So Amik obviously is going to get a game ball. Robert Spillane gets a game ball, and Max Crosby gets a game ball from me. Those three right there, and I, and I'm comfortable with that, right? And really, if you just said Amik is the one that gets a game ball, I'd be comfortable with that too, right? And I think that Robert Spillane and Max Crosby would say, yeah, that's fine, <laughs> right? As he did get a game ball last night and handed it to his family uh, afterwards. And uh, Amik, you want to talk about a dude that just stepped up and played when when push came to shove? You know, he he's, he hasn't been playing a whole lot, but all of a sudden when he's needed stepped up and played a major role, and Amik always stays ready. And the good thing is we got to talk to him on Saturday inside the Raiders locker room, myself and Vinny. You heard that conversation on Monday's show. Then he goes out there and plays, and that's exactly what we talked about, staying ready. You stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Going out and getting the ball. Trayvon Merrick got one a week ago against the Chargers. He said the next one, hopefully I'm the one that gets my hands on the ball. It wasn't the very next one, but he got his hands on the ball. So, you can hand out game balls. Let me know who your game ball would go to. You have one game ball in your hand. Who are you giving it to? Uh, that's one question that I throw out there. And then the other question is with the defense, and again, focusing in on the defense today, it's playing really well. The last game and a half, the defense has been damn good. Is this sustainable in your opinion and why? That's the million-dollar question. Is this Raiders defense, what you're seeing, what we're witnessing, is this sustainable? 
702-365-9200. Before we go out to the phone lines or the text lines, I do want you to hear what Brian Baldinger had to say. Uh, and He was talking all things Raiders defense. I love to hear Baldy's breakdowns, and he was really folks focusing on the game. And obviously it was Monday Night Football, so it's the only game in town. But he talked about Crosby. He talked about Jacobs. He talked about Amik. But I love this little breakdown right here where it's all just a collective Raiders defense. Check it out. The Raiders needed their best defensive effort of the season to get the win of Monday Night Football. And they got it from a lot of different contributors, like Marcus Peters right here. Perfect coverage on Christian Watson, and Spillane comes up with his second interception of the night. This kid up here, Amik Robertson, what a night he had. Like, all that guy does is compete. He's running stride for stride with Christian Watson. He's supposed to be able to run right by anybody from the Raiders. They couldn't do it against Amik last night. And then you get this play right here. Like, this is third and four at the four. Like, the Raiders, if they get the ball to Romeo Dobbs right there, like, they're going to score a touchdown, hold him to a field goal. But he gets him out of bounds, exactly what you should do. The hat comes out, got no place to go with the ball. Then this divine Diablo and Spillane, they were everywhere. And they played fast, just like this. They shut down the run game last night. Diablo was everywhere. Robertson was everywhere. Spillane, that was a good Good-looking effort. And then this interception to finish the game. Final minute, Amik Robertson right here on Christian Watson. Like, he baits him to throw it. And then this kid been doing this since the day he was at Louisiana Tech, taking the ball away. Like, Jordan Love is going to his big X right here, and he flips it. And Robertson gets himself in position. He gives up about six inches right here. But the hang time, the positioning, the play at the end, to seal the win, great day for me. Great day for Marcus Epps, the secondary, Spillane. That's a great team win for the Raiders. Boom. Brian Baldinger right there. I thought that was a great way to summarize what we saw defensively from the silver and black. So, again, I throw it out there to you at 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text sign, 69187, keyword r You have one game ball in your hand. Who are you handing it out to? And – the defense has been playing really well this last game and a half for sure. Is this sustainable and why? Let us know about it. Let's start things off with Passionate Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? What's up, Q, man? Hey, hey, Q. First and foremost, man, I just want to tell you, since you, since you know me, man, and whatnot, I've been in this fishing thing, man, and then this weekend we had our ultimate classic of the end of the year, two-day derby, Q. One in day, end of day one in second place. One in day two, man. Come on, come, man. We won the damn thing. Q, I won first place this week with my partner and beat the best of the best. Nothing tastes like victory, man. <laughs> Nothing tastes nice. like victory, Q. Nice. And, 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 and then to come home Monday night, and a lot of these guys are Packer fans around here and whatnot. And, and, and you know, it was ugly, Q. The game, the, the offensive play was, was not there. But, I, but you said a game ball. We're going we're gonna to give the defense the crown of the game. But I got to give my game ball to Josh Jacobs, man. Mr. Josh okay. Jacobs, if you're listening, I seen what you did on the second drive when they stopped you. You snapped in that huddle. I seen it, Q. You know which play I'm talking about. Yep. Yep. He wasn't a huddle and he snapped, man. And when he snapped in that huddle, that line attitude changed. Josh Jacobs was, was, was carrying that offense last night. He was running like a madman, and he was running for the nation, and he was running for that W, man. And that's what we need every 53-man 
player to do on this team. You know, Q, you, you know what I was saying last week about our draft pick and whatnot, man, but it's always just win bait, man. And when you see guys that are putting it on the line as a Max Crosby, as a Josh Jacobs, as a little Amik Robertson, who I've always had faith in Amik. I've always liked that little dog in Amik. When you got guys Spillane, when you got Peters out there, you know, when he made the when he made that play cue, in my head I was like, what an idiot. That's exactly what I first thought. But not knowing, he's smarter than any of us or thinking the same thing because he saved the game. So Yeah, that was I mean, a good one. You got these guys out here making these plays, doing everything that us Raider Nation is hollering and asking for. You can't do nothing but get fired up about that. Score is the score, man. We're consistent at 17 this year, man. Defense is doing what we have to do. But I'm not biting on the hype yet. I'm happy we won. I love what the defense is doing, Q. But we just got to keep it rolling and keep making the next play and making the next play and just keep stacking them. And let's just do what we do and handle that business when you have to and make the next play. Let's go. Come on, Q. All right, there he goes. Passionate Raider, good stuff. And, yeah, Marcus Peters, that, uh, that horse collar penalty is what he's talking about. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was a, a bad play at first, and then it really worked out really well. I mean, it got the Packers to the four-yard line, and they didn't get in the end zone. And so it ended up working out really well. They had to settle for a field goal. So it just it, – it, it, was, it was great, right? It turned into a great play. I don't know how much of it, of it was him – you know, being a smart veteran and saying, hey, this is what I'm going to do, or him just trying to get the player to the ground and say, you know what, we'll live to see what happens afterwards. I think it was that, which is great, right? I mean, that's what you do. And to the Raiders' defense, their credit, they were able to keep him out of the end zone, and that was end up being a really huge play. Let's go out to Sacramento, California, talk to Raider Greg. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, Q, my brother, man. It feels good. Thanks for taking my call. feels good to call in after a victory. Yes, sir. You know, yes, sir. A few weeks, you know, I – like the, like the greats always say, I'm never going to complain about a victory. All, all we have to do is be one point better than the team. Yep. Uh, when it comes to game ball, I'm going to call like I see it because I don't think anybody's going to say it. I, I'm giving it, uh, the defense, everybody you name, Max and everybody, and, and, and Meek and Spillane, I mean, even even uh, Coons, everybody was playing good. But I'm giving my game ball to Patrick Graham. Mm, good one. I'm going to tell you right now, I good don't one. think nobody's talking about him. And – He's given us three halves in a row, the last half from the Charger game, the full – both halves, the full game in this one. Um, and I think for many reasons. One, he's been giving us a master class of dialing up these guys, one, right, and he's passed three halves. And then two, I think it's something else, which is great leadership that a lot of people have a hard time doing is not micromanaging. And I think when he pulled himself away from being on the field and getting up there where he could really – see the field, he realized that he had the right veteran defenders on that team that he didn't need to be down there and be the voice. He could let Spillane and Max and Peters and Marcus F and these guys, even Meek is a vet now, you letting these guys run the team when it comes to telling them what they need to do, getting them fired up, and that takes a great leader to know when you need to put your hands in the pot and when you need to pull your hands out of the pot. And we've been very critical of Patrick Graham. Yeah. And I think just like we've been critical, we got to give him his props. So I'm going to yep. give my game ball to Patrick Graham for how his, the leadership and what it takes for a leader to be able to say, you know what, let me back up and let these guys control the intensity and what to say to the guys, and I'm going to just dial up the play. So I give my game ball to Patrick Graham. And when it comes to if the defense is sustainable, I think it is just for that reason I mentioned. Yeah. Because now Patrick Graham is able to step back. 
he's allowing them because you have the Mad Maxes and Spillane. These are proven guys who they determine the attitude of the defense. And I think it is sustainable because we know it's about rep. And now they're running into a good spot where the defense is going to play against some guys who they can build that confidence. Defense is all about confidence. Uh, offense, you put the players in, but defense about confidence, I think is well sustainable. Now they're going to have to keep doing it, but so far, I think these guys got it, man. And I love, because me, the Raider teams that I love were always defense-based. So this is a Raider team that I, if we can keep this up, the offense is going to get it there because you have the players. They got to just keep clicking. But as long as they can have one more point than, than the other team, <laughs> That's a win, and I'm going to take it every time, brother. Thank you for taking my call. Hey, good stuff, good stuff. And Patrick Graham, yeah, let's give him some flowers, man, because he has caught a lot of hell, right? I've been tough on Patrick Graham. I think everyone in the Raider Nation has been tough on him. That was a really good call, really good call because, yeah, he is a, a guy that has taken it and taken it and taken it, and there's been multiple times that players in that locker room says, PG puts us in the right position. We just haven't made the plays. And the last game and a half, like Raider Greg just said, the defense has been able to make plays. And so, yeah, let's let's go ahead. As a matter of fact, to be honest, the defense has played really well outside of Buffalo. I mean, let's just call a spade a spade. Right? Outside of the Buffalo game, the defense has played really well. Right? They've given them chances to win. In Denver, they got the dub. Gave them the chance to win Pittsburgh that Sunday night football game. They didn't win. Gave them the chance to win last week against the Chargers. They didn't win. Gave them a chance to win last night. They did win. I like that. Good call, man. Uh, David, you're up next. Going to try to get a couple more quick ones in. David, what's on your mind? Thank you. Thanks for taking my call from Florida. Nice. Raider Nation is alive and well out here. But I have to say this because I agree with something you've said over and over again. I not only have to manage my own emotions during a Raider game, I've got to manage all my kids who don't know what it looks like to have a Raider, <laughs> you know, a, a solid Raider team or what winning looks like from back in the 70s, 80s, 90s. Yeah. So I'm, I'm traveling, texting my younger son going, it's all right, let's just wait. Let's just see what happens, right? So um, with that being said – I think the guy for me, I mean, the obvious ones are your three that you pick, but the guy for me is Trevor Morg. Morg played an outstanding game. The ball didn't go his way for a reason. Yeah. And yep. he was all over the field making tackles, and I was his biggest critic, man. His biggest critic after Denver, I'm like, we are screwed with this guy at safety, but he is playing nice. And so if I had a game ball, that's where I'd go with that. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, good stuff, good stuff. Trayvon Merrick, he's a guy that I caught up with in the locker room. I talked to him on Saturday, got an opportunity to follow up with him last night. So, uh, yeah, he had some really good things to say. You'll hear from him in just a little while. David, thanks for the call from Florida, and uh, hopefully the kids are starting to see the light. Hopefully the Raiders can stack some wins so you can help show them what time it is. Uh, let's get one more quick call before we get to Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas and the RJ. Let's talk to our guy Dennis from the OC, Orange County, representing. What's on your mind, Dennis? Hey, Q, how are you doing? I'm blessed, brother. You. Good. Hey, uh, you know, I'm just kind of jealous that you get three game balls to hand out. I only get one. <laughs> I'm greedy, man. I'm greedy. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, get, I get it. I get it. You know, and rightfully so, Max and uh, Robert Spillane should get them. But I got to hand it to uh, Amik, you know, okay. because that last play easily, not that he did, but could have been like a pass interference, first and goal game over if they score a touchdown he did his solid job coming in as a backup and then coming up with the ball i gotta hand it to him and the last caller giving it to pj pg yes that was a good call too good stuff good stuff dennis thanks for the call i appreciate you you know it's funny uh we got a uh we got a text with the 707 i'm not giving patrick graham the credit as of yet 
He might have had a boot up his ass coaching for his job. What if he used the depths of his playbook just to beat a mediocre team? What if that's the best he can do? It's still not good enough. Put the defense together for the next five games, and I'll have more faith. And while I could understand where you're coming from, my pushback would be what I said already. He's put the team in position to win games outside of Buffalo. That was a blowout. That was an ass-whooping. Straight-up old country ass-whooping. Take you out back on the green grass and whoop that ass. That's what that was, right? That's all that was. There's, you got to just chalk that up to an L. But outside of that, the Raiders had chances to win every game. Every game. The Charger game, they had no points that they surrendered in the second half. The Steelers game, they were right there on the doorstep of, of potentially tying that game up, and they decided to kick a field goal. That was on the offense. But the defense played enough of a role. It wasn't great. Don't get me wrong. It's not like it was lights out. So don't, you know, don't, don't think I'm saying that. But the defense has played well enough to win games. I mean, hell, they've won two games when they've only once scored 17 points. To me, that's a shock. This team has not scored over 20 points yet. If there's, if there's someone that needs a boot up their ass, if we want to be real about it, it's the offense. And that would go to head coach Josh McDaniels. He's the one calling the plays. Right? I mean, so if we're gonna if we're gonna be if we're gonna come come at from that angle about getting, you know, getting in the end zone and something I asked coach about earlier today when it came to, you know, Robert Splain and that interception and getting it right there on the shadow of the goal line and then only punching it in for three, that was a wasted opportunity. You know, that if if anything, I think Patrick Graham has done well. You know, it, it hasn't looked great. Let's not get it twisted. There's not enough sacks, there's not enough takeaways. But they've still put themselves in positions to win games, so I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not uh, too too mad at, at Patrick Graham. And if it's a game ball, which is exactly that, a game ball, <laughs> giving him a, a game ball wouldn't be a problem. Now, if you, the, you're answering the question, is it sustainable? And you're saying, give me a couple more games before I I agree that it could be sustainable, then that's okay. But if you're just giving a game ball, like Raider Greg did, gave him a game ball, that would be okay because again. For one game, they played really good ball. And really, the last half of the Charger game, they played really good ball too. So, you know, I, I understand where you're coming from, but I think we need to give him a little bit more credit than, uh, than what we're doing at the time. But, again, that's just my, that's just my pushback a little bit on that. So uh, you can let us know at 69187, keyword r We got a ton of text. Matter of fact, got one more text that I wanted to pass along from our guy uh, Jason in Maryland. He said, Amit gets a game ball with honorable mention to last week. People pretty much had him buried, but the last two weeks he's played physical versus the run, and his coverage has been pretty tight. And that's what I like about Amik. Thank you, Jason, for that text. What I like from Amik is that he don't mind even at five foot nine mixing it up, right? He's like that little dog that can, right? That one that's always biting at your ankles, and you're like, man, that dog will never go away. And he doesn't. He's just that guy. He don't mind mixing it up, getting guys to the ground. He had a lot of nice little physical tackles that he had on uh, on Monday night. And, of course, the big play coming away at the interception. But stepping into a role when he hasn't been the starter or he hasn't been getting a ton of action, and that's what we talked about on Monday, on, on Saturday when we were in the locker room. You know, hey, whenever they get me on the field, whenever they, they, they call my number, I'm going to be ready. And wherever they put me, I don't care if it's outside, I don't care if it's in the slot, I don't care if it's safety. As long as I'm on the field, I'm going to be ready. And that's exactly what he did. And he, he, the moment was not too big for him. When the Raiders needed to play desperately, you know, I didn't agree with the fourth and two decision to kick a field goal. That's something we could talk about later. We'll talk to Lincoln about that as well. We'll talk to Ed Graney next about that. But the Raiders' defense, it was all on them to seal the deal on the victory. Amik Robertson came up money. So 
Yeah, Jason, thanks for that text. I appreciate it. 2.26 at the time. Speaking of Ed Grady, he joins us next from ESPN Las Vegas and the Las Vegas Review-Journal to break down all things silver and black. 17-13, the Raiders get the victory. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padala. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs' six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people, so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas-area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at portasubs.com. Play action to the right, over the middle. Picked up by Spillane at the 30. Near sideline 20. Spillane with a stiff arm, and he swung out of bounds inside the 10. That throw was right to the arms of the linebacker. Looked like he was the intended receiver, and he's got the Raiders set up inside the 10-yard line with their second pick in as many weeks. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Jason Horowitz right there, play-by-play man, the voice of the silver and black. That was Robert Spillane's first of two interceptions that he had on Monday night in helping the Raiders get to the 17-13 victory over the Green Bay Packers. Join us now on the phone lines to talk about the defense and everything else that has to do with the Raiders and what they did at Allegiant Stadium is our good friend Ed Graney from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Of course, our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. You can check him out on the press box, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with Tyler Bischoff. Does a fantastic job. And, Ed, let's start right there with that interception for Robert Spillane. Good part of it, interception. Other good part of it, got inside the 10-yard line. Bad part of it, only got three points out of it. What do the Raiders have to do to be able to fully capitalize on turnovers like that? Boy, I don't know, Q, in terms of the red zone. Um, I got a couple emails about that today from uh, the couch uh, the couch coaches um, <laughs> across across the city. But, uh, you know, really good. You know, I mean, Spillane just had to look up and it was put in his hands. Yep. Um, so he, but he made the play. I mean, good for him. You know, a lot of guys, you know, a lot of sometimes they drop those and, you know, they're hitting themselves in the helmet. Um, so... You know, I mean, I think they, they get within there and they, they keep going, you know, they, they go backwards and they have to settle there. Um, it's I guess you just keep doing it. The more you get in there, the more different things you try, the more different kind of plays you run down there. Um, hopefully, you know, you get, you get a good max protection on him and, and maybe he's allowed to do some things down there. But uh, good good turnover. And, uh, they, you know, they had three last night. You and I have talked about this team for a long time, about how they don't force turnovers. Now they're not opportunistic. And last night was the exact opposite of that. Yeah, how big was it that they were able to win a game like that on the strength of their defense? Well, I think it's huge because you know, you know, people have talked about their defense for a long time, and a lot of it's a lot of it's justified. I mean, it hasn't been a good defense in a lot of ways, but um, I think you know they have shown signs this year. Second half against the Chargers, um, the Denver game with some three and outs they needed uh, last night. I think it's important for them for their for their confidence. Um, you know. There's no one more confident than Max Crosby, and we talked to him after the game last night. And uh, you know, he he said he didn't care how it looked uh, that they got the yeah. win. That was the most important thing, and it really was. I mean, you don't want to go to one and four. It's like he said, that's when really things get real if you're one and four. So 
Um, I think it's really important. You know, they have a lot of offensive skill players. Their line is struggling a lot uh, in certain ways right now. But I do think the defense being able to be the ones that kind of stand up top after the game with their heads up and, you know, on their, their shoulders back being the reason they won, I think that's a really big deal for those guys. We both had an opportunity to talk to Robert Spillane in the locker room following the game, and, you know, he said that, hey, defense, this is on us. we got to go get it done. What have you thought of Robert Spillane since he's been a member of the Silver and Black? I, li- I like him. Um, I like his quotes. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, that's uh, a <laughs> battle right there, man. I right. like his quotes on deadline. Um, <laughs> I, thought he was, I thought he was really good last night, uh, said all the right things. Um, didn't know much about him when he came over. It's funny, he had one interception in his career before last night, and he had two last night. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that was, that was obviously positive for Robert. And, uh, you know, I think he's, he's a football player. When you look at him, when you talk to him, when you hear him, uh, everything about him is football. You, you know, everyone's you know, told the story of his grandpa and the, that family and what a football family it was throughout the years. Um, but I think, you know, I mean, if he can make plays like that, it's all the better for them because they need guys who has the nose for the ball and who can make plays. And last night, the one thrown to him, and then he gets the tip off the Marcus Peters tip. He gets a second interception, uh, nose for the ball there. Uh, that can only help. How, how much did Marcus Peters need that play that he made? I mean, at, at that point in the game, it felt like he was starting to get cooked, sound like that they were going after him quite a bit. They weren't scared of Marcus Peters, and then he stepped up and made that big play. I think he needed it up until now for the whole season. I think he needed to make a play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when he came in, he was going to be the veteran that taught other guys. You know, he'd, he'd been around, and you know, he'd, he'd had a nice career and everything. And I don't think to that point it had worked out for him as much as everyone thought it would be. So I thought he really needed that. And you know, again, he's like you said, he stepped up and made a play. And they were, I think, they were going after him. I think they wanted to, you know, uh, make it a point to do that. So for him to get that tip that went to the interception was big for him. A lot of these guys last night, and I'm sure we'll talk about Amik. You know, guys. Guys who really needed to make plays made them last night. Yeah. And guys who needed it for their confidence made big plays. And that can go a long way. You know, We'll see what happens against uh, the Patriots on Sunday. Um, but that can go a long way in like turning, you know, turning the guy's season around or just giving them confidence that you know, plays can be made out there. Again, we're talking with Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas and the Las Vegas Review-Journal here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. So when you look at the defense and see what they've been able to do, you mentioned the Charger game the second half, obviously last night. Is what we're seeing right now, is this sustainable for this defense? Well, I hope this level is sustainable because I still think they need to be a lot better in parts. Yeah. Um, you know, th- th- that's the thing. I mean, this better be sustainable because it's not yet – I don't know if it's not yet, you know – how good they need to be to beat good teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but they got the win last night, so wins are really hard to get. So, you know, you don't argue with wins in, the, right. in that league. Um, but, yeah, I think this is sustainable, and I also think they need a lot of get. I mean, they've got to help Max Crosby up front. I think he's got 24 pressures, and the next one is four. Right. Uh, he's got 20 more pressures than the next guy. They've got to start helping him up front. And he was, I mean, he was amazing last night, one of the best games I've seen him play, and he's played a lot of good games. Yeah. Um so is it sustainable? I hope so. But do they need to improve a lot elsewhere? Yeah, they still need to improve a lot. What do you think about Patrick Graham and his move from the sidelines to, to the booth now? Uh, well, it's worked the last few weeks in terms of the second half and last night. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, coaches say that they can see the field better in that realm. Um, and I just think, it's look, if they, 
if they gave up 40 last night, everyone would say it was a bad move. Uh, if they play like they played last night, everyone would say it was a good move. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, again, I think like with players, coaches need confidence also in what they're doing and what is right. Um, so I'm sure he's feeling that it's a good move right now with the way they played the last few weeks from the second half on of the Chargers. And, um, you know, I mean, that's, that's important too. I mean, I think coaches, like I said, they need confidence. I mean, you know, they're second-guessed as much as anybody. You yeah. know, that's what we do. We second-guess coaches. We second-guess coaching decisions. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, if he, if he feels that that's where he needs to be and that it gives him a better view of the field and a better view of things, I mean, more power to the guy. Ed Graney is our guest here from the RJ and, of course, our sister station ESPN Las Vegas here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Flipping over to the offensive side of things, uh, what do they need to do to get over 20 points, Ed? They still have not cracked a 20-point mark in a game. Yeah, and they didn't – you know, they they weren't good up front last night, I didn't think, for a lot of the part. It was not It was not a pretty offensive. They had the two sustained drives um, that kind of won them the game, um, but it was really inconsistent, I thought. I thought um, – you know, the interception was a bad throw into coverage. Uh, that's his seventh pick in four games he's played. Um, Josh Jacobs still, you know, what, 20-something for 69, still not running the ball as much as they need to run the ball. Um, I know Devontae would have preferred more targets last night, but, you know, Jacoby stepped up and had a nice game for himself. They finally got Michael Mayer involved a little. I thought the first play of the game was a great call mm-hmm. um, to get that guy involved. They really need to get him involved. I mean, that first play – so Michael Mayer looked like Michael Mayer at Notre Dame. Yeah, you know they they, they got him in the flat and you know and, and hit him and, he, and he's a bruising runner and he, he got upfield and I thought that's more important. I, I hope they do more of that to get him more involved because I do think he can do a lot of good things pass catching wise. But they've just got to be better up front. It all begins up front. Uh, you know that, and they've got to protect him better and they've got to start running the ball better. Um, you know you think you know Jacobs will have a few runs where you think it's just he just missed it. He just missed one from breaking a big one. And it still hasn't happened for them. So maybe they're closer than I think um, or what we saw last night. Like I said, he got 69 last night. Um, But they've got to run the ball better. I think it all starts with that. Do you think that the struggles that the offensive line is having, do you think that that led to the decision to kick the field goal at the end of the game instead of going for it on fourth and two? Maybe, perhaps. I didn't. It's funny. I didn't have as big a problem with that as I did in uh, in the game we all, the, the famous call. Of not going for it um, on in the Pittsburgh game, field goal the Pittsburgh game. Yeah, um, I didn't have as big problem. You know, you've got one of the best kickers in the NFL. I know, I know, he missed two last night, but you know, he had not missed two in a game since his days in Minnesota. Um, I don't. He'd never done it in Allegiant Stadium. I, I think he's missed three in Allegiant Stadium total. Yeah. Um, never mind two in a game. So I didn't have that big a problem with it. Maybe it was the offensive line. Maybe he didn't like the call he got there or the look or that he thought he was going to get, and he couldn't get the two yards. So when you have that kind of kicker, it didn't bother me as much as the Pittsburgh one. The Pittsburgh one I thought was a terrible decision, but I thought this one was okay. And, you know, he just missed the kick. Um, he's so good. You know, those kickers, they, you know, the punter and kicker on that team, we, we both know are so good at what they do that I didn't mind, you know, giving him a shot there. What did you think about at the end of the first half, they get the Packers off the field and they let 40 seconds run off the clock as yeah, opposed to calling timeout? I thought that was bad time management. I didn't. They they got two timeouts I think right there mm-hmm. and I don't know what that was I I was not I don't know if you went to his availability because I don't think so because you and I were both in the locker we're room. in the locker room yeah um, <laughs> I I know he was asked about it by Vic Tafer I don't know how he explained it um, so maybe you do but I didn't see I didn't see the exact quote no. um, but you let forty seconds run off there right. um, I didn't get that time management that's so if something stood out to me last night about 
you know, if you're looking for what he did as a coach uh, in a in a non-positive way, I thought that was the one thing that stood out um, last night to let 40 seconds run off when you've got two timeouts. Um, and, and, you know, I would have stopped the clock with one, and then you've got, what, over a minute left to go to go get something, especially, again, I'll go back to with that kicker you have. Right, exactly. And they end up kicking a 53-yarder. He misses. It gets tipped at the end line of scrimmage, and yeah. it just seemed yeah. like everything was rushed, you know, and uh, maybe yeah. if they had done it a little differently, it would have worked out. But, again, I guess the Absolutely. next day it's easy to <laughs> second-guess the coach oh, yeah. on what, what he did and what he That's came up with. That's what we do. <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> exactly what we do. Well, before we let you go, Ed, I did want to ask you, UNLV, they travel to Reno this week. Uh, big game. They could get their fifth win. They could obviously win the, uh, you know, the battle of the Fremont Cannon. Uh, what are your thoughts on this week's game? It's amazing how things the tide has turned in this in this rivalry. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, when I first got to town, uh, it was pretty much all Reno. Uh, you know, this is a this is a program that's had Colin Kaepernick, a lot of great quarterbacks throughout the years, and they have fallen on really really bad times up there. So UNLV needs to go in there. They're nine and a half point favorites, as you said, and they need to take care of business. They're a much better team, um, and they need to keep the cannon red because this is a you know uh, Reno's zero and five. They're getting outscored by like thirty eight fifteen on average, and they are not any good. And you just can't let a team like that rivalry game or not have any hope. So I think you go in there and you try to jump on them early and just, you know, get it in their minds that they can't win the game. I'll tell you this, Ed, and this is kind of a tip of the cap to Coach Odom. He's obviously making some noise. I saw a tweet uh, from ESPN, ESPN National, talking about UNLV and where they're at right now. So I thought that that was kind of interesting. So uh, he's getting the attention of everyone, right? Nobody's been talking about UNLV for a long time, sitting at 4-1 with a chance to go 5-1. They're talking about him right now. So I guess tip of the cap to Coach Odom. Yeah, not uh, believe me, not ESPN National has talked about them. uh, I don't remember when, uh, when, when I've ever heard of that. So... If that's happening, it's uh, he's opening some eyes, and you know I think you know I think they have a chance to go on a little run here and get some wins for themselves. The schedule doesn't toughen up till the end, so uh, yeah. And you know, heck, Fresno lost last week. Yep. Um, you know, stay in it, try to get to the Mountain West Championship. I mean, you know, I, they've got some tough games obviously at the end of their schedule, but you know, it's not it's not a league where there's so many really good teams that that's not possible. You know, it's not a league where it's so top heavy that you're like, well. You know, you can't beat these guys. You can't beat these guys. So that That's not the way the Mountain West is this year. So if I'm them, you just take it one at a time. You don't get too far ahead of yourselves. They're not good enough, you know, to really get far ahead of themselves, but they are a solid team. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think I mean, he's. Uh, we can reiterate he's doing a fabulous job as the coach there. Yeah, he is. He's doing a great job. And, hell, I've been on ESPN National for almost two years, and I've barely talked about him. So there's that. Right. And I watch exactly. him all the time. So exactly. <laughs> there exactly. is that. What are you working on, Ed, that we should be on the lookout for? Uh, the things we've mentioned, Raiders, UNL, UNR, UNLV, um, and uh, some UNLV basketball is out there practice today. Kevin Kruger's got his best team nice. in three years, so we'll have to see how they work out. But uh, he does have a nice-looking team out there and uh, just a bunch of UNLV stuff and Raiders. There you go. Well, I know you're always on the grind, Ed. It's always great to catch up with you. It was good seeing you at Allegiant last night. And, of course, we'll be checking you out on the press box. Definitely appreciate you, brother. Thanks, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Ed Graney right there, ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station, and the Las Vegas Review Journal does a fantastic job with both. We definitely appreciate him. 2.46 is the time. When we come back, many people have given the game ball to Amik Robertson. So why don't we hear from Amik, the guy who sealed the deal on the victory last night. We'll hear from him next. It's Rare Nation Radio 920. 
no chance you're getting rid of him. This guy, unless you're going to reset your your football team for three years, he is the he is the most viable piece on your offense. You just signed Garoppolo to three years or whatever this deal is. You got the Bears and Patriots in the next two weeks. This team could be win- be winning four games. You ain't trading Devontae Adams doing this. So absolutely not. You don't trade him. Now back to unnecessary roughness with your boy Q broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. ESPN's Jeff Saturday, not the Colts' Jeff Saturday, but ESPN's Jeff Saturday right there talking about Devontae Adams and uh, the acquisition that the Raiders made to get him, obviously playing his former team last night, Monday Night Football, the Green Bay Packers. Going to the text line real quick, uh, 69187, keyword r Q, my game ball is a meek. It's not necessarily his pick, but because he's a true pro. He mentioned being a vet, and what he did yesterday is what you want from your vets. He didn't care where he is on the depth chart, but prepared like a starter. It shows his mental toughness and his heart is what you can't measure. I'm proud of number 21. I couldn't agree with you any more than that. I thought Amik was fantastic. Uh, I thought he just uh, having the ability to be ready when called upon is a big deal because everyone ain't that guy. You know, as he mentioned, he stays ready as opposed to having to try to get ready. So uh, here's Amik Robertson in the Raiders locker room following the game. You know, I was able to just just um, celebrate that moment with my family. You know, just you know, I get a game ball to my family. I, you know, just sharing a moment like that, man, it's crazy. Before the crowd... I kind of tuned it out. Like, I, 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 I was just in the zone. I didn't hear anything. Spillane said that was one of the best interceptions he's ever seen, just the way that you pulled it out. Can you describe the interception that you made there to save the game? Uh, just doing my drop, doing my drop, trusting my eyes. Um, you know, when I saw his eyes get big, you know, I, didn't, I didn't panic. You know, like I said, I trust my ball skills, and, and I got my head around. You know, instead of waiting for it to come to me, I just jumped up and I got it. The degree of difficulty on that one, what was it? Can't really tell you because I was I was I, I kind of toned out. Everything was slow, so I can't really tell you. Uh, I didn't even see the video yet on it, so so I don't know. Hopefully, you know I did I did a great job, and y'all see some of my bunnies. Thank you. Yeah. Me, we were just talking on Saturday about getting getting balls, and you said that you wanted to get your your hands on it next yeah. to to get the game yeah. the game winner. How'd that feel to you? Uh, it was a special moment, man. You know, but like I said before, you know, in this league, man, you know, you're doing good. Everybody love you. Yeah. But the moment you, you know, you know, they turn it back. So I just had that mindset of, you know, I, I, I appreciate the moment. You know, it was a great moment being able to celebrate with my family and my friends. But, you know, it's 24-hour rule, man. It's on to next, to right. next week. Right. We were talking to Robert earlier, and he said he got in the huddle and said, D, it's on us. We got to get it done. What did that mean to you to know that you had to get it done defensively? Um, I, I, Honestly, when I walked on the field, man, I knew, I, you know, I, I, I told myself, I know the, the ability God blessed me with, you know, so... The moment I walked on the field, you know, I said I was going to be the reason. You know, because, you know, I'm an undersized guy. I'm one of the smartest guys on the field, so I knew that was going to come at me. You know, I just wanted to, you know, uh, be the reason we pull out the dub, man. And, uh, you know, it was just a, just, just a special moment to be able to celebrate with my teammates. We knew that they were going to test the ball deep multiple times throughout the game. Again, we talked about it on Saturday. Just how much pride did you take that the whole defense was able to hold it down and eliminate that big play? I'm proud of us, man. You know, <laughs> because we worked so hard, man, you know. It's a tough league, you know, it's a tough to win in this league, mm-hmm. you know, so uh, fortunately we got a dub tonight, man, we just got to keep on going. What's going through your mind right now? Uh, I'm just ready to go celebrate with my family, <laughs> man. You know, my son, you know, I got my older son in town, nice. my mom, you know, my, my immediate family, you know, so I'm just ready to, you know, just go, just go celebrate with them. Congratulations. Appreciate it. 
There he goes, Amik Robertson. Again, a lot of folks have given him the game ball today. The Raiders gave him the game ball last night, and he gave it to his family and allowed himself to go celebrate with them. And uh, it was really cool uh, to see all the people, all the media members that were surrounding his locker. And he did interview after interview. He did interview with the scrum. It was like 15 guys at one time. Then I kind of got in on the second wave where it was about five or seven. You even hear people in the background trying to get them on the phone to do different radio interviews, which was annoying, by the way. But anyway, that was a whole nother story. Another side. Uh, it was like a, it was almost like a sideshow in the, in the locker room last night with uh, everything that was going on uh, just because the celebration of, of the team winning and, and them celebrating the win. And, and obviously a lot more guys are willing to talk and, and want to talk when, uh, when the Raiders come out with the dubs. So, so it was great to be able to catch with the, up with everybody, but Amik was very patient. Uh, as you heard him mention that he wanted to get there and, and uh, be able to go celebrate with his family, but he did, like I said, sat down and, and was able to talk with just about everybody who wanted to talk with him. So got to give him a lot of credit. He's always the same dude no matter what, good, bad, or the difference. So there you go, Amik Robertson. Coming up next, John McClain kicks off hour number two of the show. It's Radio Radio 920. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.